0: Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman & Associates. Now here's Connie.
1: Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thanks so much for joining me again this week. My motivational quote for today is by John Heider, and it says, Learn to see things backwards, inside out and upside down. How many of you go to work every day and think tomorrow will be better? How many of you perhaps say to yourself, if I can get on top of my workload, I won't feel so overwhelmed? Or if my boss would retire, maybe I'd have a chance at a promotion. Is it really about leaving it up to chance for things to change or happen in your life? Is that even a good strategy or approach to try and, and take control of your life? Probably not. Yet, so many of us use the strategy of hope as a survival mechanism. What if I told you there was a better way? Would you listen and commit to perhaps doing something differently to change your world and hopefully change your life? Well, you are in store for a huge treat today. Our topic today is called Hope is Not a Strategy, You Need a Plan. And my guest, Cheryl Benini ellis is an author and a business leader who uh, just actually wrote a book called Becoming Deliberate, Changing the Game of Leadership from the Inside Out. So settle in as we explore alternate ideas that may turn you inside out. Cheryl, thank you so much for being on the show.
2: Wow, thank you, Connie. What a great intro, and I just loved your motivational quote, too. That is perfect.
1: You know, but I saw it, and just the name of your book, right, Changing the Game of Leadership from the Inside Out, and I saw that quote, and it's like, ding, ding, ding. Yeah, it was perfect, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no-brainer, right? So that's that's so cool. But thank you so much um, for being on. And I just want to let uh, you know, Cheryl, and everyone listening, after our discussion um, at the end of the show, I give all of your contact information. I am also going to post it on the web talk Radio um, website link, you know, for the show, and then they can all reach out to you. So I'm telling you, I'm very excited about the topic, so I'm giving you that heads up, all right? Okay. So again, everybody's got to get their pens and papers out, and we're ready to begin. All right, so my my first question, Cheryl, is tell us why you think there's a problem with, and I have it in quotes, hope.
2: Hope, yes. Well, you know, there's nothing really wrong with hope per se because actually hope is a good thing. Hope is, you know, it's an optimistic attitude. It's based on an expectation that positive things are going to happen, and that could be in your life or in the world at large, right? So sure. Hope is um, not not by itself a bad thing, and you know when you think about um, hope, I think hope is a good thing, and the opposite of hope is despair, and that's not such a good thing. The problem with hope comes when you rely on it as your primary strategy for moving forward or for getting ahead in the world, because it really isn't a great strategy for that. And I, I always say if you are if you're using if you're relying on hope you better have a lot of patience because it may be a very long time before your ship comes in, you know, or before the next opportunity comes up because relying on hope is just is just not a good strategy.
1: Sure. It's almost just sitting and waiting for something to happen, right, instead of being proactive and creating something happening.
2: Exactly. And, you know, what yeah. I see is that this takes all kinds of forms. So sometimes when I ask uh, an audience, for example, you know, who uses hope as a strategy – there might be only a couple people who own up to that. But when you ask the question a little differently, um, such as how many of you have waited you know, for your boss to take notice about what a great job you're doing or mm-hmm. just thinking that if you keep your head down, you do a great job, you get good results, you perform well, that good things are going to come your way, that you're going to get promotions, you're going to get opportunities, or you're going to get a raise. And, you know, you haven't really done anything proactively about that. You're just kind of sitting back and waiting for stuff to happen. And, you know, it may happen, but um, a much better strategy is to be a a little bit more or a lot more assertive about it or, you know, just take some control over um, your destiny instead of waiting for somebody else to control it.
1: You know, and, and people listening are saying, oh, there's that word assertive. A lot of folks are not assertive and are more reactionary to what goes on in their life versus being Assertive to me, part of part of my definition would be being proactive to try to create or make things happen. So folks are listening, going, "Well, I'm not assertive. So, so what do I do? So, what are some solutions or alternatives?" To again, I use quotes around hope.
2: <laughs> well, and I think here's, you know, it's a great point that some people don't like the term assertive, and I can I can relate to that. And sure. I would. I think of it as being deliberate, you know, that's you know, obviously the title of my book, but I, you know, I think about being deliberate, being on purpose, being intentional. So any of those words work as well. But I think you have to be intentional about, you know, what it is you want and why you want it and you you have to have a plan to go after it. So, you know, I um I have done a lot of um helping of people to you know, create some clarity around um, what it is they want and why they want it. Because I think when you start there, everything else starts to fall into place because you you just, you have a, you can put a game plan together that makes some sense. But, um, you know, Stephen Covey called this beginning with the end in mind, you know, thinking about, you know, what's the outcome that I'm after? You know, is it a raise? Is it a promotion? Is it more recognition? Is it, you know, just getting through the day? Whatever it is, just, looking at the outcome or at the end result and, you know, working backward from there.
1: It's funny. My, my husband and I just had this conversation. Um, we hired a health coach for myself and my kids. My son's going to college, so we're trying to get all our ducks in a row. And all of us, you know, my husband and I are middle, midlife. You know, the big guy's going to college. We want him certainly to make good health choices, all that. So we hired this health coach, and one day she said to my husband, Um, He gets sluggish in the afternoon. That was how we broached the topic. And she said to him, well, do you like your job? And he hesitated and he said, well, I don't dislike it. And... Cheryl, I, I, I was stunned by that because I know he loves the folks he works with. He's got a great, um, the person he reports to is just real proactive and just a good guy, you know. So I know he likes the people he works with, but the job is changing and it's redefining. And he's not sure, I think, where he fits in. So he has lost, and I'm going to use your word, clarity. And we had a big discussion about this saying, well, wait a minute, you, this is your life. You have to take control of it. Help define what the what the position is going to be. Help define what the department is going to kind of metamorphose into, right? So it just, this is such a timely topic because I'm curious to see what else you have to say <laughs> because well, I can use it with my husband. <laughs> sure thing. I mean,
2: you know, but, uh, there's a great American's last heard, uh, Buckminster Fuller, and one of his, my favorite statements of his is, Clarity is power, and it's sure. a real simple statement that's really packed with meaning. Because clarity is power. I mean, when you have clarity, everything else falls into place. And absolutely, it's it's amazing how how rare um, how rare it is for people to have true Chris what I call crystal clarity around what it is they want. And I see this all the time when I when somebody is um, you know sharing a challenge with me or complaining or just describing the situation that they're in that they're unhappy with and i come back with the question you know what is it that you want it's amazing how how that question just takes people back mhm they they know they're not happy with what they've got but they haven't really given any thought to what it is they want
1: yes yeah and that's a tough question to answer sometimes and I I think I think part of the problem just with our society in general and I'll, I'll speak to the United States right because that's where I live and what I know But we are running at a 1,000 miles an hour all the time, you know, dropping the kids off at daycare, going to work, functioning, working through lunch, coming home, grabbing the kids, getting food on the table, throwing a load of laundry in, getting them ready for their baths, whatever it might be, right? My case, getting ready for college, all these things. So I think we're running that we never stop and be still enough to say – Right. What, what the heck do I really want in this life or in my job or in my career or whatever it might be for you? I think we just run too much. So well, the, first, the first piece of the solution or the alternative to hope would be clarity. Are there any other pieces of the puzzle for folks?
2: Oh, there's definitely other pieces of the puzzle. But before we leave clarity, I, I just want to say that, um, you know, sometimes people don't realize the extent to which they lack clarity. And how it's really lack of clarity that's that's getting in their way, and and it could be anything from you know what you describe is so um, pervasive in, in American society today, you know people are just running and they're just reacting and they, and they're not they don't take any time to stop and think about you know wh- what am I what am I about what's my life about what's important to me you know what are my priorities and that's that's true for life in general but it could also be true for just today. You know, even sure. Clarity for today. Like, what do I want to accomplish? How do I know that I get to the end of the day and it's a successful day? So, clarity has many, you know, many ways that you, you know, many ways that it can be useful. So, I just wanted to say that before we moved on to another, another, um, item. And,
1: yeah, and, and I just also, and, and you might have experienced this, you know, as a business owner and consultant with the work that you do as well. But so many of, I know my clients, Mike, executives, right? Plus, I'm reading more and more where executives are being interviewed on, you know, TED Talks and what have you. And they talk about meditation being part of their daily routine, whether it be in the a.m., at lunch, to just kind of quiet their mind, to recharge for the afternoon. If they do it before they go to bed, again, for that calm night sleep and in preparation of what the next day will bring. But that clarity they speak of comes from meditation. And I know people listen to the show and go, Meditation, you're all crazy. But really, really, it's just just taking the opportunity, meditation for me, is just taking the opportunity to just sit quietly, five, ten minutes if that's all you've got, but just to put things in perspective and, again, drive some clarity. For the, Like, I love how you said that, even for the day, <laughs> what do I want to accomplish, right? Oh, sure. That's huge. Yeah, that's and huge. And,
2: you know, I am a big believer in meditation, and I will tell you, I, I'm not exactly sure how long I've been meditating, but I've been meditating for you know, on a regular basis for, I would say, at least five years, maybe a little longer than that, and I cannot tell you the difference it's made in my life, just in terms sure. of helping me to get centered, helping me to get clarity, I mean, a, around, you know, what, what's important to me, and I, I'm just, you know, I'm just better able to handle the inevitable stuff that comes at me um all day, every day. And I owe a lot of it. I believe I owe a lot of that to meditation because that whole process of centering yourself for even five minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Some people do it a lot more than that. I do 20 minutes a day, and it's a really important 20 minutes of my day.
1: Yeah. See, another executive that speaks too, and it's becoming more and more mainstream in topic and mainstream in what people are sharing. So, again, just, just another tool that if folks are thinking, well, I don't have clarity, I'm running all the time, just sit in that 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it is, better than doing nothing, right? So what are some of the other alternatives or solutions that folks can can kind of work from?
2: Well, one of the things I think that um, is helpful to realize is that I use the word choice. You know, there's always options. Um, Sometimes we get fooled into thinking, you know, I don't have any choice in, you know, what I'm doing, and I, I don't really understand that I have more than one option here, but there's always at least two and often more, and I think, you know, choice is such an important um, aspect of being human. It's the thing that really, you know, separates us from all the other life forms, so it's a really important thing that we, that we have, and, you know, when you don't um, take responsibility for where you are and where you're going you kind of give up the power that choice has. Um, but Absolutely. When you, when you decide, you know, I'm going to take control over my life or my work or my day, um, and you and you choose to take back control, um, that's a choice, and, and you have that choice. And a lot of times people think, well, I, I can choose my attitude. I know that. Um, and maybe I know I can choose my behavior. But what people sometimes don't realize is that you can choose your thoughts. And we all have these thoughts that um, don't serve us, you know, these kind of, you know, this negative um, conversation that's going on in our head. And it takes many forms. It could be, you know, oh, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're too old, too young, too fat, too slow, whatever it is. We, We have an ongoing dialogue in our head. I call it the evil twin that lives in our head. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and, I call it the record player. I think I like the evil twin better.
2: <laughs> well, you know, and it's, it, it it truly is an evil twin because what, to the extent that we choose to hear that voice and believe that voice, you know, it slows us down. It might even stop us entirely. It, it creates these limiting beliefs that we have that really just get in our way of moving forward. So recognizing that you have a choice even in the way you think, I think is a huge um, is a huge thing for people to uh, to realize and accept really.
1: Yeah, yeah. Shift the paradigm of your thinking, and on, things really do unfold before you. Right, thoughts become reality.
2: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Because they do. Yeah.
1: yeah. Let's take a quick break, uh, Cheryl. When we come back, um, do you have more tips? or alternatives or solutions again to formulate a clear plan uh, the first was clarity second was choice i'm sure there's even more so let's let's pause come back and we'll we'll continue discussing okay
0: excellent it's a shame when you're feeling stuck in your business and you feel like you have nowhere to turn It's a shame when you slog through long days in your business and you don't get any return. It's a shame when you feel like you can't see the forest for the trees and your business brings you to your knees. Einstein said repeating the same actions over and over won't produce different results. So stop feeling ashamed. Your business and you deserve better. Change that shame into righteous fame. Connie Whitman can tame that shame. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates will help you to discover your new path, and nothing will ever be the same. Connie's tried-and-true one-on-one coaching sessions will tame that shame so you and your business will not continue in vain. Call Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates today at 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Call Connie. Turn that shame into your game. Okay,
1: we are back, and we are talking about um, having choices when we focus our, our day or our career or our life, whatever it is. So we're talking about hope being okay. It's good to have a hopeful outlook, but really, really, when it comes to our life, our career, et cetera, we want to make sure that we have a plan in place. So the first one we talked about was clarity. Then we spoke about choice. And what would be the next tip, uh, Cheryl?
2: Well, uh, those two actually lead us to the third, because here's the thing. If you have if you have clarity. Um, about who you are and what you're about and what's important to you, it allows you to make better choices, kind of in the moment, and and it also then allows you to have more confidence in your choices. Mm-hmm. And so, confidence is the third thing that I like to talk about. And you know, I, I've been looking and studying a lot about the subject of confidence because I work with a lot of women, women entrepreneurs, and women executives. And, and confidence is a real problem for women in this country, and, and that goes for um, certainly executives and entrepreneurs. But I just saw some disturbing statistics around incoming college freshmen, you know, young women, have a very different um, view of their ability to be successful than young men. And, you know, it, there's a big gap there. They call it the confidence gap. And I can't help really? wondering if that's one of the things that also then contributes to the gender gap in general and the pay gap. So I think this um, aspect of confidence is a really, really important thing to think about and to pay attention to. And I like to um, recommend that people protect their confidence at all costs. And sometimes that's very difficult to do because even a, even an offhand comment that somebody makes to us, um, you know, we start to dwell on it. Somebody just says something offhand like, nah, you didn't do a very good job on that. Then you start playing that record in your head that says, yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't do a very good job, I'm not very good at this, I'm not too smart, I'm not good enough. And now the whole thing begins. So we've got to protect ourselves against those little chips in our confidence because they grow and grow and grow until we finally defeat them, until we knock them out. So... um you know, protecting your confidence and understanding, like, where your lack of confidence might come from and um, just really paying attention to protecting it at all costs. I think that's a really important aspect of being successful. How
1: do you think, and I don't know if you can answer this, but how do you think men protect their confidence? Because you're talking about these college uh, freshmen, these women who are uh, freshmen in college, and they're, they have this confidence gap. Why, is it just how we're wired, you know, men are from Venus, women are from Mars, whatever it is, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Is it that or is there something they do to protect that confidence?
2: I don't think they need to protect their confidence. Um, I, I think that they have it. You know, I'm mm. not saying they're born with it, but I think that they're conditioned to be confident and and. And they're conditioned to believe that they're going to be successful and they're conditioned to believe that they're going to be the leaders and that, you know, they're going to perform well. And and I think women are conditioned to, to um, believing that, you know, not so much, you know, I'm, I'm going to be in a secondary role. And I, mm. think it's, I think it's changing, but I think that that conditioning goes way back. I mean, you know, I, I think it goes way back. I mean, we, it's, it's how we react um, in the Stone Age, you know, in terms of our sure. roles and everything. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of history there.
1: And well, we also they say that our our impressions or our thought process, beliefs, our belief system is really created from zero to six. But there's a lot of statistics and a lot of studies that are saying it actually goes back generations on how we're perceiving those between zero and six. But they're really coming from how my mom was treated by her mom by how she was treated by her mom. So there's a lot of ancestry kind of uh, impact that we are forming our belief system. So that that clearly makes sense because it's only in this century, really, that women, right, are able to vote and all those things that, um, you know, 100, 200 years ago were unable. So, yeah, that, that really does make sense on the confidence standpoint. Um, well, any that, other tips or ideas?
2: Yeah, and before we move away from confidence, I mean, one of the sure. things that I I think also contributes to that, um, you know, difference or gender difference is uh, just the way that you know society responds and the way that the media responds to women versus men. I mean, there's a fabulous movie called it's a documentary called Misrepresentation, and it's all about the you know the belief that young girls, starting with young girls, have about what they need to look like.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and how much of their confidence is wrapped up in how they look, and you know, and, and I think it, some of it comes from there too. So I think you can't deny, you know, that the role of media and and you know societal expectations in that whole confidence thing. But I call it, you know, I like to call attention to it because I think it's so it's so very important
1: mm-hmm. um, for all then, the daughters out there, or for all the parents who have daughters out there social media reach havoc with confidence oh, I think sure from the physical standpoint
2: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: yeah
2: absolutely it does um, so the next area that I would um, point to is, is courage and um, again I don't know how many people like, how many of your listeners here would think of themselves as courageous but you know c- courage is one of those things that um, we, we often think that people either have or don't have courage and And I think uh, we're not born with it. It's something that we generate in the moment when we need it. And, you know, if you have a big enough reason to be courageous, you'll be courageous. And we've all had times in our life when when we've had to be courageous for some reason or another. Either, you know, we had a sick child or spouse or um, parent that we needed to, you know, step up and, and, and be there for that person, and it took courage. Or we spoke, you know, we spoke something that needed to be said that nobody wanted to hear, or we did something that needed to be done but nobody else wanted to do. And those are courageous acts. And you know, we all have the ability to be courageous in the moment um, if we if we're, you know, if the motivation is there for us. So, um, and I think courage is a really important thing because sometimes it, it's just the question of being courageous enough. To you know, take an unpopular step, um, moving forward. I mean, I'll just give you a quick example, and it's and it's you know, somebody tells you you want to go for a job, and somebody just says, you know, you really think you can, you really think you could be successful in getting that job, and you know, that may impair your confidence, but a courageous person would say, you know what, I don't know if I'm going to be successful or not, but I'm going for it anyway.
1: Absolutely. And, yeah, it's so it's funny, when, when I started the show well, last year, and, you know, my, bro- my big brother, right, he's wonderful, and he listened to the first episode, and he's a producer, he he was a producer for many, many years um, in TV, and now he has his own um, company, right, so production company, so he listened to the show, and he said to me, oh, because he, he videotaped me, right, for my website, etc., So he's seen me perform live, speaking engagements, what have you, and training. And he said, oh, he says, you're so much better live. You really want to do this? He said, I think you're making a big mistake. And I went, what? Like, what? And he said, I just think you're better live. And if you send clients to listen to the radio show, they're not going to get the full impact of you. And my big brother, right, he was worried about me making a mistake, which is wonderful. Well. Like I'm laughing at, at this because here I thought I had this clear picture. I made a choice that I thought, ah, you know, well, what have I got to lose, right? There's only upsides, right? What's the worst that can happen? I was confident enough to pull the trigger, and now my courage just went. <laughs> yeah. I thought, That's well, he know, he's older than me. He knows better than me. Maybe I am making a mistake. So that not only our own inner voice is why I'm giggling at your comments is, someone's passing comment, and he did it out of love, not sure. to be mean or, or um, put me down. That was not where it was coming from. So courage is, is really a, a wonderful thing.
2: <laughs> it is. You know, and, and there's no shortage. To your point, there's no shortage of, you know, besides the voices in our own head, there's no shortage of people on the outside who are, <laughs> are going to challenge us in, in just about anything we want to do that, that seems like a risk. And sometimes it's done out of love, and sometimes the motivations are not so, you know, not so good, but it doesn't matter. You know, we we take that information in, and it does, again, it slows us down or it stops us from doing something to move forward. So courage is really something worth cultivating, and um, I think the big recognition for people is that, you know, you're not born with it. You just generate it when you need it, and we all have access to it.
1: Yeah, and I think part of of being courageous is when you do make that you do have the clarity and the confidence to make the choice, whatever it might be for whatever the change is. The courage comes from own it. If it works, awesome. If it doesn't work. That's okay. There was movement, and you certainly probably learned something, even if it didn't go the way you had originally anticipated, correct? So there's a learning aspect. So to me, it's a success either way. But you had the, the courage to own that you made the choice and you went through with it. So, you know, I think courage can be looked at it from that point of view, but, but own it, right? You made the decision, just own it.
2: Exactly right.
1: Exactly right. So Any other I, ideas?
2: I have one more. Well, I have one more um, word that I like to use, which is clout.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I love the word clout because clout is another word for influence. And I always say that influence is the currency of leadership. So when you uh, when you have clarity and you make you know deliberate, intentional choices, and you're confident about those choices, and you have courage in moving forward, you know you can develop a level of influence or clout. Um, that really can help propel your career forward, your life forward, your day forward, all of those things. And um, I think it's worth I think it's worth working on all these things so that you can develop the kind of influence not only only your over your own life but over the lives of people that you interact with, whether they're at work or at home. Sure. So you know, it's really important to work on these things and it's all part of what I call, you know, doing the inside work of, of leadership, because if you work on you, um, everything around you improves, you know, when you, when you improve, everything around you improves, your results improve, and your job improves, and your relationships improve, so it's really worth the effort to do that work.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I always use the example, it's like the pebble in the pond, right? You put that pebble in and what happens? It doesn't just go to the bottom and sink without any movement, right? The pebble goes in, in the center, and then it, it ripples outward, right? You have the circles that continue to go out into infinity, if you want to believe that. So, yes, what the the, the inner work, I love how you said that, that inside work, Helps you create the external around you. That vibration, that movement, just changes all the way around. So that's awesome. We have about two minutes left. Any other um, quick or last ideas that you'd like to share with everyone?
2: Well, I when I typically talk about these things, I like to add, you know, two other quick things, which is um, commitment. You know, you can ha- you can have everything that you're learning and everything that you're doing to train yourself and develop yourself. But if you're not committed to improvement and to moving forward, you know, nothing happens. So you really have to take action. So you have to be committed in order to take action. And then the final one is I I like to make sure that we take the time to celebrate. You Mm -hmm. know, we're very often, especially in our busy world, we're so focused on what we've got to get done and what we haven't done yet and what's next and what's after that. That we don't often take the time to just stop and recognize um, where we've been and what we've already accomplished and the progress that we've made. And even, as you said, the, even the failures or the mistakes, because we learn things from that, and that's all good too. And we really need to celebrate those successes because, uh, you know, when you celebrate your success, it just propels you forward for more success. So I think, that's you know, it's a really important aspect.
1: Yeah, and, and really, it's true, you had the five C's, right, the clarity, choice, confidence, courage, and clout, and I'm giggling with two more C's of commitment and celebration, but aren't they, it's, think about every one of those words, everyone listening, they're visual, for me, they're visual words, they're action-packed words, and I think that it really is clear on how to do the inside work to create that external environment that we're seeking, especially as leaders in the business world today. So I love those two, Cheryl. The commitment and then celebrate. And we don't celebrate. We beat ourselves up quite well. We haven't <laughs> really have, have perfected the art of celebrating when things go really well. So I love that. That's awesome. I just want to comment before we end the show. I did buy the book, by the way, Cheryl. And I, I had let me just share how I met you. Cheryl was a, uh, the keynote speaker at an event. I, I think it was back in April, right, Cheryl? It was April it of this was, year. Yeah. It was. And yes, and you, your book wasn't even out yet. And so I got on that early mailing list and it was delivered to my front door and becoming deliberate, changing the game of leadership from the inside out. Folks, great reads. Quick read. It's not a huge book, so you can read it on the beach when you go on vacation. And the insight and ideas and information are very thought-provoking, very clear, of course, because that's one of your keywords, the clarity, Cheryl. Um, awesome book. I highly recommend it, uh, guys. So go out there and purchase it. It's just an easy book, and for all the leaders out there or the want-to-be leaders that you're seeking those promotions, this is really a must-read for you. It it creates clarity of what you're trying to accomplish. So I do – can they get that through Amazon, and I'm going to give your website, Cheryl?
2: Yeah, they can. You know, the the best way to get it right now is to go to www.becomingdeliberate.com because there, you have all the options for the different online sources of the book, but also cool. there's a button that you can click to sign up for some free gifts that I will send to people who buy the book. So,
1: and when the um, later just gives me that, I, I well, you'll tell me what link you want me to put, but I think maybe we can put both. Um, but yes, give it to him one more time
2: www.becomingdeliberate.com.
1: Love it, awesome. Uh, Also, I'm going to give Cheryl's main business website, which is www get ready it's long (laughs) ellisbusinessenterprises dot com and Ellis is E L L I S and then it's business enterprises.com. And again, I'll put that link on the website. Uh, Cheryl, thank you so much. What a wealth of information in a quick half hour. uh, That was like an action perfect half hour. I feel like we're on the Batman channel. (laughs) (laughs) Thank
2: you, Patty. My pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: that was awesome. And, and everyone out there, if you have a story to tell where maybe you've used some of Cheryl's five C's plus those two, the clarity, choice, confidence, courage, clout, commitment and celebration, share your stories with me on how you implemented or executed um, in your leadership life to create a really great environment um, for your, the folks that are following you. And you can email me at Connie at com. and Whitmanassos is W-H-I-T-M-A-N-A-S-S-O-C, and then .com, and it's Connie at, okay? Um, thank you again, Cheryl, uh, for just being a tremendous guest. I really appreciate your time.
2: My pleasure. Yeah,
1: I, I hope everyone will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves so we all embrace change and realize that it probably is even easier than we oftentimes think. Um, thank you again, Cheryl. Thank you all for joining me. You've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week. And commit to doing something. Try those five C's plus the two. Have a great week, everyone.
0: You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here.